Chadwick Aaron Boseman. I didn't want to start the premiere of my podcast taking advantage of the fact that Chadwick Boseman had passed away. And even though it would have been tempting to go ahead and feature Black Panther on this episode of my podcast, I didn't feel it was right. I did want to acknowledge the passing of a terrific talent, but more importantly, and by all accounts, a kind and decent human being. Chadwick Boseman was diagnosed with stage 2 colon cancer in 2016. He went on to make seven movies between that time and 2020. He also donated to and spent time visiting children battling cancer at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Chadwick Boseman didn't just play a superhero on the screen. He was one in real life. I send my condolences to his family, friends, and fans, especially the young fans that went to see Black Panther and were able to see a superhero featured in the Marvel Universe that looked just like them. Hello, my name is Andy. I'd like to welcome you to my new podcast, This Won't Teach You Anything. I know, I know, first question, let's get it out of the way. What does that even mean? Well, when my daughters were young and my parents would watch them, my mother would go ahead and make sure they watched educational television like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. Both fantastic shows. Nothing at all wrong with that love them both but if they wanted to watch say spongebob squarepants my mother's answer would be that doesn't teach you anything kids being kids weren't always interested in making sure that a television show taught them something all the time sometimes they just wanted to laugh and have a good time as an adult i think that's important too i know sometimes I'll watch a documentary, and I'll enjoy it, and I'll have learned something. But sometimes, I want to go ahead and just watch dinosaurs being created from mosquitoes trapped in amber for millions of years, or starships defying the laws of all known physics with jumps to light speed, sounds in space, and maneuvers that make no sense. I want to see the guy who has no shot at getting that girl, get that girl. I guess in a nutshell, I enjoy watching things sometimes that don't teach me anything. So, with all that out of the way, what I'd like to do every episode is feature maybe a movie and a song, as we're going to do in this premiere episode, or something about collecting and television, or a mix of both. Maybe something with gaming. It all depends. Depends on what? Well, there's different ways to reach the show, and I'd like to be looking for input from you guys. The hope is that the audience grows and writes in with different topics. So, how do you reach the show? 
Well, I'm glad you asked. You can email the show at thiswontteach at gmail.com. There's no punctuation in there, no apostrophe. Twitter, at thiswontteach. Instagram, at this underscore won't underscore teach underscore you underscore anything. And Facebook, at this won't teach. Again, no punctuation at all, just as it sounds. I'll also have all that info in the show notes. This is the film reel. In this segment, we'll go ahead and pick a movie and discuss it. It won't necessarily be a review. More of my memories of seeing the film the first time, and what it's meant to me since. For the first film featured on This Won't Teach You Anything, we'll be talking about Star Wars. Written and directed by George Lucas. Released in 1977. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. With those nine words and an unmatched film score by THE maestro, John Williams, was born the greatest film universe ever. The first time I saw Star Wars, I was amazed. Of course, I was around six years old, so there was a lot that amazed me. It was a movie that started my, and I didn't know it at the time, love for pop culture. I'm willing to bet there's a few Star Wars fans listening to this podcast. For those of you who might be listening and aren't big Star Wars fans, when Star Wars was released in 1977, there were no episode designations. For instance, Star Wars was just Star Wars. In 1980, when The Empire Strikes Back, the sequel, premiered, the opening crawl started with Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. It wasn't until 1981 that the opening crawl was modified to read Episode 4, A New Hope. There's a lot of little cool details, but if I were going to pick, one of the things that I, along with many others, enjoyed was the fact that Star Wars looked lived in. Uh, For the ordinary and less fortunate, the starships weren't shiny and new. They had miles on them. They broke down. Unless they were Imperial ships. Uh, The Imperial ships looked like an Apple store. Um, Immaculate. Large. Imposing. New. I believe Lucas did this to show how the small band of rebel fighters was really up against a certain creek without a paddle. Now, before I get into the story aspects of the film, I feel really funny saying spoiler alert for a film that is over 40 years old, but consider yourself warned. Star Wars was a film that played on the simple plot of good versus evil, an underdog story. It was just as much fantasy as it was sci-fi. That introduced us to perhaps the most famous ensemble in motion picture history. Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia Organa, Han Solo, and Chewbacca. Luke worked on his uncle's moisture farm. Like all kids, he dreamed of adventure. Leia was a woman ahead of her time in cinema. She was a leader in the rebellion and could trade barbs with the other characters, letting them know that she could hold her own. 
Then there's Han Solo and Chewbacca, captain and co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon, the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Of those characters, Han Solo was always my favorite. Maybe it was because I could relate to wanting everybody to think I had a situation under control when even I didn't know how I was going to go ahead and get out of it. It didn't hurt that he had the coolest looking ship in the galaxy. Then we have the villains, Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader. We're not going to talk about Tarkin. We're here to talk Vader. Vader isn't just the bad guy in Star Wars. Vader is the bad guy. It took four pieces to bring this Dark Lord of the Sith to life. The imposing presence of David Prowse, the man in the suit. The suit itself. The iconic respirating designed by Ben Burt. And the unmistakable voice of James Earl Jones. As impressive as Vader was on screen, equally impressive was his mysterious backstory that was only hinted to briefly and wouldn't pay off until the sequel, The Empire Strikes Back, three years later. But that's a different movie for a different time. Aside from the characters were the worlds that George Lucas made me believe existed. I wasn't on Earth in a theater. I was on Tatooine, Death Star, Yavin 4... I was also wowed by the costumes and creature designs. The amount of imagination that was put on screen is immeasurable. Then there were the sets and ambiance. The Lars Homestead, the cantina, and the wretched hive of scum and villainy Moss Eisley. If you've seen Star Wars, you're probably hearing the song played in that cantina by the band. That's part of what I'm talking about with Star Wars. It started out as a film, but eventually became so much more. It became the very embodiment of pop culture. I can't tell you how many lines from Star Wars have been recited by me and my friends and my co-workers and heard out in the wild. There's, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. I find your lack of faith disturbing. These aren't the droids you're looking for. We're fine. We're all fine here. Thank you. How are you? She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts, kid. I got a bad feeling about this. Cool fact about that line? That's the only line repeated by a different actor in every Star Wars movie. There's also, use the Force, Luke, and the most famous line, may the Force be with you. All of these things make up my love of Star Wars. From the time that we meet Luke on Tatooine, and the rescue of Princess Leia, from Obi-Wan Kenobi's sacrifice at the hands of Darth Vader, and Han's self-serving departure, then his heroic return at the last moment, and the destruction of the Death Star. Star Wars opened up, at least so far, a love for movies that has never waned. So, what do you guys think? Star Wars one of your favorites? If not, email me or tweet me. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know why. Or if it is, why? It just made such an impression on me from a young age, and to see it become what it is now is just mind-boggling. I'm sure that there would be no Marvel Cinematic Universe without Star Wars before it. So, But you can say that about a lot of things. There wouldn't be Star Wars without Star Trek. It's kind of funny that way, especially in pop culture. Something takes root, and others try to go ahead and... Uh, Copy may not be the right word. In some cases, I guess it it is copying, but people want to go ahead and and jump in the vein of what's popular to go ahead and get the next big thing. 
Um, for me, there was some really not so well done sci-fi movies after Star Wars. Uh, one that comes to mind uh, that hit mid eighties, mid to early eighties would be uh, the Last Starfighter. Uh, I, I have some friends of mine that that really liked it, and I just I couldn't get by the fact, and and maybe it's because I'm I'm jaded by the fact of how much i love star wars but it just it didn't it, it felt like a, a like a knockoff like a cheap ripoff uh and and i never got into it some great science fiction that did come after star wars and was totally different in feeling and tone would be et um it, it just took it in a different direction it's interesting because uh steven spielberg and george lucas both great friends and uh you know the sci-fi genre you know, with Spielberg doing Close Encounters of the Third Kind and George Lucas, uh, Star Wars and Steven Spielberg, E.T. Just a, a great time for those type of movies and uh, how many different things you can do with the sci-fi genre where, you know, Star Wars, the old sci-fi slash fantasy adventure and then to have something so different in E.T., which while still sci-fi, you know, more, more of a heart and family type film just saw it at the drive-in again for probably the 20th time that I've seen E.T., if not more, that may be understating it a bit, but seeing it at the drive-in with my 15-year-old daughter who'd, who'd seen it on the small screen before years back but never got to see it on the big screen, she really enjoyed it. So to me, that's a movie that, that holds up. She really enjoys things having to do with the 80s. She, she likes Stranger Things, and, and being able to go ahead and show her E.T., one of her comments was, how it felt like Stranger Things. And I think that's a testament to the time of those movies and why Stranger Things, to people of a certain age especially, is is really nostalgic. With all that being said, this podcast isn't to go ahead and, and, and tear down somebody's favorite movie at all. It just expressed my feelings for movies that I like and, you know, share maybe somebody, there's a movie that I bring up that somebody hasn't seen and it causes them to go see it, rent it, stream it, whatever. That's cool because I, a lot of movies that I've missed over the years have been on the on the request of a friend to go ahead and, and say, hey, do you remember this movie? And I might go, you know what? I know of it, but I haven't actually seen it. You know, there's so many times that happens and uh, it, it's always a good thing. So I know that I don't know what you call it, but it's sometimes I call it streaming block where we have all these things at our fingertips these days. We have Netflix, we have Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus any of these streaming services and how many of us, how many of you have sat on the couch flipping through and made the statement, uh, there's nothing on. I mean, we literally have thousands of things at our fingertips. And if you've ever watched a movie and said, man, how come I've never seen that before? That was great. I wish I had seen that before. Well, if you've ever said that, then I hope that this podcast can go ahead and maybe bring up a, a movie here and there not going to lie, there's probably going to be a lot of mainstream movies we've all seen, um, and that's okay, but I hope to go ahead and get some feedback and maybe bring up a movie that I don't remember or haven't seen yet, and then I watch and, and we talk about it. What I'd also like to do in the future, you know, if we get some listeners, is go ahead and maybe even have a listener interview on about why they like a certain movie. That I think that would be really cool. I plan to have friends of mine on. And, and have them talk about their favorite movies. If you haven't been able to tell by now, and I'm sure you have, this is my first podcast. It's my first foray into the medium, so I'm not going to do things right. I'm going to screw up, full disclosure, and 
I just hope when I do screw up, I learn from it and get better. An example of that would be my oldest daughter giving me advice on, Dad, don't make it sound scripted. Make it sound natural. So that's kind of what I'm going for. I do have my notes. Really, though, I'm just doing this to have a good time. This part of the show is called Insta Tweet Mail. This will be where we take listener emails, and tweets, Instagram posts, and read them. If there's questions, we'll try and answer them. Comments, we'll go ahead and address those too. I'm really hoping to make this podcast as interactive as I can given the medium. I really just like engaging with other people who share similar interests. So hopefully in the future we can go ahead and populate this part of the segment and see where it goes. During this segment, we will be discussing the song Love is a Losing Game by Amy Winehouse. For licensing and legal reasons, we can't play it on this podcast. But if you would like to find a legal copy online and listen to it before, during, or after the segment, it will do wonders for context. Sound you can feel. When it comes to music, I love many types. Like many of you, it all depends on my mood. I love the Rolling Stones. That blues-driven rock is something I can't get enough of. Mick Jagger's on-the-edge vocals and Keith Richards' prowling guitar take me to places I love to go. I have a great time with those songs. I also love music full of feeling and emotion. To me, the most pour-your-heart-out emotional album ever is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Love is a Losing Game, her ballad about a shattered relationship, is a big reason why I feel that way. In a June 2010 interview with Mojo Magazine, producer Mark Ronson recalled how Love is a Losing Game was the first song mixed for Back to Black, and how he was nervous regarding how Amy would react, said Ronson, She came to mixing on the first day at Metropolis Studios in London. The first song we were mixing was Love is a Losing Game. She had her head down on the mixing board, so I couldn't gauge her reaction. I'm freaking out, thinking, if she doesn't like it, we're pretty effed. At the end of it, she looks up and walks over, extends her arms, and gives me a huge hug. I love it. Just take the harp off after the second verse. It sounds like some Mariah Carey bullshit. It's emblematic of this thing about Amy. She can cut you down to size in two seconds flat. To me, that story embodies Amy Winehouse and her music. She was real. She wasn't afraid to pour out her raw feelings into her writing, scars and all. At the time of her writing the album Back to Black, Amy was in the midst of a, to say the least, tumultuous relationship with her future ex-husband, Blake Fielder Civil. He had, in fact, left her for his former girlfriend. Amy was devastated. In Love is a Losing Game, she sings, Love is a Losing Game, One I Wish I Never Played. Oh, what a mess we made. And now the final frame, Love is a Losing Game. The verses are similar in tone. She was in love and was crushed by her relationship's end. To her, love ends in heartbreak. It's an unwinnable contest. 
How many of us would want those kind of personal feelings out for the world to see? That kind of vulnerability. Amy suffered from manic depression, and her music many times didn't hide it. Aside from the painfully personal lyrics, she gave a simple, toned-down vocal performance that mirrored the hurt in her words. Love is a Losing Game is one of my favorite Amy Winehouse songs. If you've never heard it, put on some headphones, close your eyes, and just listen. Again, I'll ask for your opinion. What are songs that move you? What are the songs that make you get up out of your chair? What are the songs that just make you sit back and listen? That's the great thing about music. There's literally something for everybody. There's no right or wrong. It's just what you like, what you feel. With that, we come to the end of the premiere episode of This Won't Teach You Anything. Join us on the next episode. Man, I've always wanted to say that. Anyway, join us on the next episode where we'll feature the 2018 remake of A Star is Born, starring Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, and feature the song Is That All Right by Lady Gaga from the soundtrack. Before I go, I'd like to go ahead and thank a few people. I know this isn't the Academy Awards, and hopefully I don't go on long enough to uh, get played out by the band. I'd like to thank my youngest daughter, Kira, for putting up with me, asking her to be quiet while I record, until I found out that recording in the basement is a much better option for sound. I'd like to thank my oldest daughter, Skylar, for giving her helpful advice on how my podcast should sound. I'd like to thank my wife, Colleen, for... Uh, rolling her eyes at me when I go ahead and say something ridiculous, which is daily, probably closer to hourly. And I'd also like to thank my first follower on social media, Katie Stewart, at Cuz I Feel Like It on Twitter. That's at K U Z I F E E L L I K E I T. And to those who listened, I want to say thank you very much. Uh, If you like the show, go ahead and tell your friends about it. You know where to find us on social media, and I will have those links in the show notes. Again, thanks for listening to This Won't Teach You Anything. (laughs) 